This spring, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that it's unconstitutional for local governments to unilaterally retain surpluses from tax lien foreclosure sales, which directly impacts the way municipalities in New York have often handled these cases. To discuss the implications of the court ruling, as well as legislation awaiting the governor's signature, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by Dave Lucas, Director of Finance and Intergovernmental Affairs for the New York State Association of Counties. Welcome to the show, Dave. Great to be here. Well, it's our pleasure. And also on the line with us is Drew Jarosh, the Saratoga County Treasurer. Thanks for making the time, Drew. Thank you, David. I'm very happy to be here. Well, thank you, Drew. So, Drew, can you explain the type of foreclosure sales impacted by the Supreme Court ruling in Tyler v. Hennepin County? Are we talking about a broad set of circumstances, or is this a pretty narrowly prescribed circumstance? No, the the Supreme Court decision actually affects every foreclosure in New York. And let me be more specific. It's not even the foreclosure that, uh, that it affects. It's the subsequent auction of the properties that uh, that are affected. When a county in New York State, most of the counties in New York State follow New York State Real Property Law Article 11. In the, and that's about a 25-year-old piece of legislation that was revamped and uh, into what has been used for the last two and a half decades by counties to foreclose on properties, auction them off, and then take in the, the proceeds from those auctions into the general fund of the county. That is the part that the Supreme Court decided on. There are numerous states across the country that also follow that procedure um, or something very similar to it. And this, the Supreme Court case in Tyler v. Hennepin was very specific on whether or not the counties keeping the excess proceeds at the auction constituted a taking under the, under the Constitution's 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court unanimously decided that, yes, that is a taking and it is unconstitutional. So our foreclosure process can proceed, our auction process can even proceed, but the counties will now be required to return any excess proceeds over and above the original taxes due, plus any fines and penalties, plus any other liens that are against the property. Those excess funds will have to be returned to the previous property owner. Well, why should the excess funds go to the counties as opposed to the property owners? Yeah, I think the way the law is structured in New York, it was intended to provide the opportunity for the, the county to recoup the taxes owed with penalties and interest. The issue here, mainly in the way it's operated in New York, is that when someone stops paying their property taxes, their school tax bill or their village tax bill or a county tax, whatever it is, the county holds all those other taxing jurisdictions harmless. In a sense, in essence, the county pays the property taxes for the delinquent homeowner or property owner to those entities, to the school district, so they don't lose any money. So the reason for the surplus and why it stays with the county today and why there's penalties and interest, that's to help us ensure that no other jurisdiction loses money when someone stops paying their property taxes. And that's the way it's worked for not just the last 30 years, but really the last 100 years in New York for, for a lot of counties. So are counties not made whole by just getting the back tax revenue portion during a foreclosure sale? Is there a reason why they need the money beyond that? The reason is because we're making other jurisdictions whole. A county tends to be the smallest part of an overall property tax bill that a person pays. Most of it's school tax. If they live in a city, then there's a portion of city's tax, and the, and the county property tax is really the smallest piece of the pie. But under state law, the county is required to do the tax enforcement and the foreclosure 
and hold all those other taxing jurisdictions harmless. So that's why we need to have penalties and interest and surplus to attempt to break even on the process. There is another aspect to this, David, as well. Uh, not every property that goes up for auction uh, sells for an amount that covers the back taxes. In fact, in most counties across the state, most of the parcels sell at auction out of loss, and the county writes off any remaining balance as uh, uncollectible. The, uh, so any monies made uh, in surplus on one property go to defer the losses on other properties. Now that we have to return surpluses on a particular property of the previous property owner, the county experiences nothing but loss or break even. There's no third option. Yeah, so when you think about this new dynamic, assuming there are no changes in the wake of what the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled, Drew, what does that mean for a county like Saratoga County? What sort of revenue hole could this create for you? Uh, it's significant in that we budgeted this year for $750,000 in auction revenue. And so now the Board of Supervisors here in Saratoga County has approved a budget amendment removing that from our budget. So that is a significant impact, and many counties across the state are experiencing something similar. So we have to make up that revenue in other ways. Typically, if it's not going to come in through sales tax, property tax is the main source of revenue for most counties in the state. So we can make up for that in Saratoga County. We're in good financial health here. Um, we can probably absorb that. But moving forward, not just Saratoga County, but all the counties in New York State are going to have to focus on and really determine the effort they want to put into these foreclosures. Right now, we do them every year for the, on a two-year lag cycle. I could see a scenario where some counties might opt to do a foreclosure every other year now just because the expense is exorbitant and the, uh, the effort, the amount of manpower that goes into a foreclosure. The next aspect of that is, is getting these into the court system. Um, and the courts are going to be overloaded with some of the proposals that had come out uh, you know, requiring every property to go before the court to adjudicate each and every lien on the property. Uh, that's a significant increase in, in court volume. Um, so there are a number of financial pressures, not just at the county level, but down at the lower municipalities and also up at the courts that are going to have to be accommodated and accounted for here over the next year or two. Andrew, in your experience as a county treasurer, have you found that property owners have been fighting or requesting their share as they see it of the revenues from a foreclosure sale? Or for the most part, do property owners who may fall behind on their taxes essentially walk away from these properties and don't expect anything if there is a foreclosure sale, for example? Yeah, I would say the the um, second, the latter is uh, more prevalent. It's very rare that a, a property that's occupied by somebody has been foreclosed because the person has hardships. Um, there are a number of options available to property owners, especially when the property is occupied. Most of the foreclosures that, that we've seen in Saratoga County are either on vacant land, abandoned properties, or even commercial properties. Um, any residential properties that are occupied by the owner that's very rare that those come up for foreclosure. And what's your experience trying to contact the owners of some of these vacant properties that might be sold through these foreclosure sales? Are, are you able to get a hold of them if you were trying to give them a share of the proceeds or, or just alert them to what's going on? Yeah, so the vast majority of them are contacted successfully. Um, the law, Article 11 that I referenced earlier, lays out a, a very specific process for contacting all of the owners and any lien holders against the property and even even 
interested parties, for instance, potential heirs to the property, there's a number of requirements from the Article 11 law that require us to, to send both first-class mail and certified mail to each and every name that we find. If those mailings both come back as returned and are undeliverable, then the law stipulates that we have to post signage on a property uh, stating that it's going to be coming up for foreclosure. So there are a number of, of uh, contact points where we make sure that any interested party knows that this property is up for foreclosure. None of this is a surprise. Well, Dave, can you explain the legislative response that was finalized in the waiting hours of the legislative session in Albany this year? Yes. The, what the legislature ended up doing, they, they had multiple different versions of how they wanted to reform in REM foreclosure. Uh, and to be honest, most of them did not have a lot to do with the Supreme Court decision. The Supreme Court decision just dealt with the surplus, but the legislature had other ideas that have had other ideas for years about in REM foreclosure. So we worked with the legislature to, on the idea of doing a moratorium for a year while we think about what's the best way to, to change this system. A lot of the system in place today works fine. Uh, we didn't want to recreate everything, and we didn't want to go down avenues that were field afar from what the Supreme Court decided to deal with the surplus. Uh, so that's why we ended up doing the moratorium, to give us all time, including the legislature and the governor's office, what's the best way to reform this process um, in the most efficient way possible. And in terms of the moratorium, which I believe is supposed to last until June 30th, 2024, if it's signed into law, uh, under the legislation, would it prevent the sales themselves from happening or just prevent the disbursement of any surplus funds? The moratorium, as it's currently worded or as it's proposed, uh, would would put a pause on transferring title of property either to the county or from the county. So even if our foreclosure is authorized by the court, uh, we wouldn't actually be able to take title. And then if we sell them at auction, we wouldn't actually be able to pass title to the winning bidder. So there is a pause on that aspect of it um, if the moratorium is, is signed by the governor. Drew, is this something that you're supportive of in the interim, or, or do you believe this could cause more harm than good in the interim? No, I'm supportive of the moratorium. It gives New York State, uh, the legislature, the executive, and the counties uh, the ability to come together and draft new real property tax legislation that is uh, in accordance with the, the Tyler V. Hennepin Supreme Court decision that we talked about, and that accommodates the realities of, uh, of county operations, how foreclosures proceed, making sure that homeowners have every opportunity, property owners have every opportunity to uh, to get caught up on their taxes. Um, there are a number of considerations, and this moratorium allows us time to work together with the state um, and with the other interested parties to get the right legislation enacted. So what does a long-term solution to this problem look like? Does it mean the state maybe takes on the responsibility of paying back taxes that are owed to local governments uh, or school districts, or, or is it something else? Yeah, I think that is a core principle that we're looking for in this reform is the fact that we hold, the counties hold harmless all these taxing jurisdictions. That can't go on uh, in the future, uh, given the Supreme Court decision. It would just be too expensive for counties to, to handle that. So definitely some financial support from the state in this process is a key thing we're looking for uh, going forward. Drew, anything from your perspective at the ground level that you'd like to see if there is any sort of 
comprehensive overhaul of the system? I don't want to make sure that any liability put on the county um, is alleviated. And what I mean by that particularly is when there are liens against a property and we have to return the excess funds to the previous property owner, uh, we want to make sure that any liens that are paid off in between are valid. In order to do that, you have to investigate the liens and adjudicate the liens and make a decision on whether or not those liens are valid. Um, that is a process and a procedure that is best handled by the court. The court does that. The courts do that for, for other aspects of the law, and any claims against somebody else's funds need to be adjudicated by the court. That can't be left up to county officials. It has to go through the court. That's my one big particular concern uh, with, uh, with a process moving forward. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. We've been speaking with Drew Jarosh. He is the Saratoga County Treasurer. Drew, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you, David. And we've also been hearing from Dave Lucas, Director of Finance and Intergovernmental Affairs for the New York State Association of Counties. Dave, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure to be here. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Capital Press Room is provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. UnionStrongNY.com for more information.